Hello, everybody. I wanted to um, start off on the right note when it comes to this subject. This is Joe Amundsen. Here are his words. I actually want to start off by listing a few positive aspects of religion. If religious teachings lead someone to kindness, happiness, trust, generosity, love, and health, there is a benefit in that. Beliefs about the afterlife can give great comfort to someone who is dying. We all manage the fear of death somehow. Some people have been through horrible trauma and only found peace in religion. The ritual structures and assurances of supernatural belief can be a literal lifesaver for them. Religious communities can provide people with a consistent sense of community, which is vital for most people's happiness. In many places, there is simply no better way to develop connections. Some religious traditions have given rise to practical tools like meditation and yoga, which I personally find very helpful. Religion can be inextricable from personal heritage and cultural identity, And in some marginalized groups, religious tradition is important for preserving that identity. The reason why I want to start off with that is because I'm about to read to you through this article, Medium.com. Joe Amundsen's 40 Reasons Why He Is Not Religious. Before I do that, let me tell you things that are the three last reasons for my not being religious. I've done my research and and read about King James who has his own English translation of the Bible. The King James Version of the Bible. He is said to have been a member of the LGBTQI plus community. That's why he was called Queen James. And there was to have also been said of his relationship with witchcraft, sorcery, if you will. And I say that because those of the traditional Christian persuasion, those who disapprove of homosexuality and witchcraft, sorcery, are quoting a man that they have reverence for who lived his life in ways that would absolutely, totally um, be unsettling and uncomfortable for those of the traditional Christian persuasion. So for those of the traditional Christian persuasion and champion King James, I've never heard that explained. Um, Number two... I noticed that 
there's more emphasis on being religious than being a decent person who is also religious. There was this inability to be spiritually naked and unashamed with God. There was this inability to be to be comfortable being physically naked and unashamed before God. I'm just talking about when you're bathing, um, when you're being hygienic. Because um, I noticed that there was always the flesh, the flesh being bad. The flesh... The fleshly desires, right? And when it comes, even when it comes to uh, sex, this sense of I can't share with God the gift of sexuality that that God gave me, right? So there was. There is extreme discomfort with nudity and sexuality in my evangelical upbringing. That's what I mean when there was this inability to be naked and unashamed before God. There was inability to be fully honest with God. There was this inability to be fully courageous before God. There was this inability to be fully human with God. And there was this inability to be whole with God because we were you know when you're taught that your body has evil desires sinful desires then fear triumphs reverence that causes a sense of A lack of understanding that if uh, if a person is 100 percent honest with God, then the Holy Trinity, the Bible and mature Christians would have no issues with you and no problems with you. And hell's not your issue and hell's not your problem. But we tend to treat God as this nosy, busy body who loves to keep scores and records of everything we do to the point where we feel like with God that there's no breathing room. Lastly, on number two, I noticed that we in church, there was this attitude toward God. That was very unhealthy. As we have this song I heard. When I was 
a young child. But I have to put it in this way so my point can be fully understood. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. The Holy Trinity is coming to town. God's making a list. God's checking it twice. God's going to find out who's naughty or nice. The Holy Trinity is coming to town. God sees you when you're sleeping and God knows when you're awake. God knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for God's goodness sake. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Because the Holy Trinity is coming to town. Oh, let's go. Was I trying to be pejorative? No. Was I trying to be hilarious? No. But I noticed that was the approach to the concept of original sin in church. Lastly, number three. There is a complete dismissive of the born. As well as a a full throttle shouting pertaining to the unborn. That is what explains all the last reasons for why I am a secular person. So let me read to you the rest of Joe Munson's 40 reasons for why he's not a religious person. But remember, this is all about facilitating humane humanity, not inhumane inhumanity. This is about facilitating healing processes, grieving processes, and and restoration processes, and positive transformation processes. This is all about compassionate love, sacrificial love, and unconditional love. None of this is about bigotry, discrimination, and intolerance. It's time for me to also tell you that as a human rights, human holism person, I can't just read to you situations from my life. I have to read the situations of others from their lives, too. I can't just tell you the good, the bad, and the great areas of my life. I have to tell you the good, the bad, and the great areas of other people's lives. This is what I want to say to you. 
I can't just tell you my story to tell you the story of many others. So we all can grow from one another and not us versus them one another. Secular and faith-based people are seen and treated with civility, dignity, and integrity. So here are Joe Munson's 40 reasons why he's not religious. Again, this is medium.com. Despite my sincere faith from early childhood to age 20, there came a day when I realized I no longer believed. Christianity and supernatural beliefs in general didn't make sense to me anymore. Last year, I outlined seven reasons why I arrived at this conclusion. I received just about every reaction you can imagine. A number of people assumed my understanding of God was shallow or insisted that I needed to learn from some other sect of Christianity. They figured I might still believe if only I heard a different variety of apologetics. I hope that this article will lend a better understanding of why I consider every version of religious belief to be unappealing on a fundamental level. Some who responded were downright hostile, making all kinds of assumptions about my life, finding satisfaction in the idea that I deserve to burn in hell forever. I thank them for reminding me exactly why I want to write more articles like this one. Others enjoyed the reading and replied, why only seven reasons? Good question. I could have listed many more reasons than that, but I chose to speak in detail about a select few instead. This list seeks to give a broader view of my skepticism about religion. I will try to capture the essence of each point as concisely as I can. Most of them are specific to Christianity, often the fundamentalist variety. Others apply across all religious belief. Some are personal reasons for my own deconversion. Some are problems in the way religion impacts society. Despite the upsides of religion, I prefer to live my life without any religious belief. And I feel that organized religion is probably detrimental to humanity overall. Here are the 40 reasons why Joe Munson is not religious. One, the biblical creation story is impossible. Physical evidence makes it clear that the world was not spoken into existence six to 10,000 years ago. Living organisms evolved over billions of years. Even if the story is regarded as mythological, it appears that Jesus and Paul believed it literally, so their, so their credibility is questionable. Two, mythology is not a reliable source of factual information. 
Christian fundamentalists insist that the Bible is an infallible, errorless document, but any critical analysis demonstrates that much of it was intended to be mythological fiction and not to be taken literally. A worldview that depends on mythology being factual is inherently at odds with reality. Three, Mythology is not particularly inspiring to me. Some believers do not rely on a literal interpretation of the Bible, but instead find deep personal meaning in the metaphors and the descriptions of who God is. Even so, the message seems to be that God is a monster and humans are vile. I do not feel uplifted by these ideas. I can appreciate certain aspects of Jesus' story and certain Proverbs, but I found other philosophies that hold more personal meaning for me. If religion provides me with neither literal truth nor emotional resonance, I don't see a reason to spend time on it. Four, humans invented religions everywhere. It's what they do. People have come up with many thousands of belief systems over the course of history. Similar themes run through most of them. They give us answers to unanswerable questions and erase the discomfort of uncertainty. But that doesn't mean they're true. People are easily convinced of the unshakable truth of whatever religion they were raised in. This suggests to me that religious thinking is part of how the human brain evolved and that none of these religions have special, has special access to the truth of our origin story. Five, the guidance of the Holy Spirit is generated internally. It's nice to imagine that the creator of the universe is directly guiding you, but it's probably just your own intuition and a creative voice inside your own head, reaffirming your own convictions. If the Holy Spirit was real, it wouldn't reveal mutually exclusive ideas to different people. Mormons and mainstream Christians couldn't both rely on it to reveal truth, but they do. Six, a relationship with Jesus is probably just a tulpa. There's a phenomenon by which people can create seemingly autonomous personalities in their brains through the practice of speaking to an invented character and imagining it to be real. These characters are called tulpas. Practitioners experience their tulpas speaking back to them in an audible voice consider them to be real people and feel a great sense of loss if they die. I think some brains are more capable of this feat than others, which explains why some believers unwittingly create a Jesus Talpa through years of prayer, and that's why it can feel like a real relationship. Others like me cannot create this imaginary friend and are assumed to be less spiritual when they say they feel nothing from God. 7. I've never seen or felt any evidence for God's existence. For years, I begged God to be present with me and show me sign of, in quotations, his love. Reassurance that I wasn't just talking to myself all those countless hours. Nothing like that ever happened, so I gave up on trying, which seemed fair to me. If God is real and wants a relationship with me, it knows where to find me. Hey, I don't need 
supernatural threats or rewards to choose good behavior. Empathy is a widely occurring phenomenon in mammals. It gives us the basic intuition that we ought to do good to others because they're conscious beings just like us. I do my best to be loving and respectful to people simply because I enjoy it and I want to see them be healthy and happy. Nine, the Holy Spirit doesn't give people the fruit of the Spirit. The Bible says that the Spirit is the source of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, etc. While unbelievers are doomed to live in wickedness and misery. However, no such dichotomy exists between Christians and other people in the real world. Which religion a person follows is not a significant predictor of their positive or negative behavior, their health or their happiness. 10. The Holy Spirit doesn't unify believers. If it did, there wouldn't be hundreds or thousands of denominations inside Christianity that all think the other ones are wrong. We'd see a church that easily agrees on major points of theology, because when they disagreed, they would just ask the Holy Spirit, who would give them all the same clear answer. Instead, there's almost nothing that Christians universally agree on, and human error can't, can't account for that level of discord. These divisions in Christian theology are further confirmation that the guidance of the Holy Spirit is an, is an internal voice. 11. The human sacrifice of Jesus for sin isn't valid. According to the Old Testament, the sacrifice of children is detestable to God. One person cannot take on the sins of another. Lambs sacrificed to God were supposed to be female, uninjured, and offered on the altar in the temple. Jesus' sacrifice violates all of these. For a more thorough analysis, check out this essay. I'll be publishing the article in the episode description. 12. Answered prayers and illusion. Between confirmation bias, coincidence, placebo, and the willingness to accept literally any outcome of yes, no, or maybe as a response from God, it's very easy to see patterns in what is effectively random chance you could pray to any object or person you want and get the same results if god wanted to demonstrate the power of prayer all quote unquote he would have to do is heal one amputee i'm still waiting to see that video 13 sin is a silly idea part of being human is the fact that we sometimes do destructive things we need to find ways to avoid these things if we care about getting along as a society that much is true But it's unfortunate to be limited in life by an obligation to follow rules against harmless things. Rules that might have made sense to a Bronze Age tribe who worried that an invisible person in the sky was watching, getting upset. Rules that have no utility today. Rules that have no utility today. Outdated ideas of sin have an unfortunate impact on society as well. Christian beliefs about sin cause major problems for those in the LGBTQI plus community, for example. 14. Bondage to sin is not actually broken by Jesus. Many Christians believe that they were powerless to resist Satan's influence and stop sinning until Jesus came into their heart and set them free from Satan's control. Upon being saved, they supposedly gained the ability to stop sinning, but none of them ever stopped. Either they're still in bondage to sin or they continually choose to offend God, which is strange if they love, quote unquote, him so much.
15, eternal hell is never a fair punishment. And an infinite punishment for a finite crime is not justifiable by any logic. Recognizing and worshiping the correct identity of God during our few short years on earth is not a reasonable basis for assigning eternal consequences. There are many legitimate reasons a person might not find the correct religion. People say that God's justice doesn't have to make sense to us and our logic doesn't apply, but that's an easy excuse and non-answer. Biblical descriptions of the afterlife are vague and ideas about hell have evolved dramatically over the course of history. It's far more likely that the idea of hell is a mental hack, a very effective way to use fear to control people. 16. A loving God would not create hell. No loving parent would torture their child for doing the wrong thing. If God is all-powerful and perfectly loving, quote-unquote, he could simply eradicate hell and forgive every person upon their death or at least create a different afterlife option that is more merciful. According to some scriptures, God is the one who decides who still believe in, quote-unquote, him. Quote-unquote, he's the one who hardens hearts and sets out the grand plans that we all follow. If some people's destiny is to play an evil role in, in quote-unquote, his plan and then be sent to hell forever, that's sadistic, not loving. There's no way to reconcile hell with the idea of a loving God. 17. Religion demonizes natural bodily functions. Sex is the one activity that all of our ancestors have in common going back about 2 billion years to the dawn of sexual reproduction. Suddenly, religion wants to tell us that sex is evil unless performed in religiously approved circumstances. Even masturbation and the desire for sexual contact are considered wrong by many. Virginity is praised, yet without sex, none of us would be here. Why would God be offended when we use the bodies, quote-unquote, he gave us? 18. The path to salvation is basically a brainwashing tactic. Many evangelicals are taught the Romans' road to salvation. You are a sinner by nature, which means you deserve eternal punishment. But God is lenient at great cost to, as they say him, as they say he has given you a way out if only you promise to love and obey, quote-unquote, him forever. Similar tactics are used in re-education camps. Get someone to believe their identity is intrinsic. Similar tactics are used in re-education camps. Get someone to believe their identity is intrinsically repulsive and that they deserve punishment. Then give them relief if they reject their former beliefs and adopt the ones you want. 19. Prophecy is fake. If an old testament prophecy seems to predict jesus it is regarded as proof of his messiahship if it has nothing to do with jesus but resembles something else in israel's history which has already come to pass then it was a historical prophecy if it doesn't resemble jesus if it doesn't resemble jesus or anything historical it's not accepted as a failed prophecy as you might expect it's assumed that it must be about the end times which will yet come to pass. Thus, it's impossible for a prophecy to fail. Prophecy must come true because it's the infallible word of God, yet prophetic reliability is also given as evidence of the Bible's authenticity, so it's circular logic. 
20. The Bible has a lot of contradictions. I'll just leave this here. Doesn't look like a perfect book to me. 21. Christianity is a cult of Judaism, which is obvious to Jews. In the same way the Mormons added new scriptures to the complete Bible and radically altered the theology, Christians co-opted the Jewish scriptures, turned a monotheistic God into three entities, and changed the entire premise of God's plan for the earth. Worshiping Jesus as God was heretical to for faithful Jews. Twenty-two, holy books are considered eternal and divine, but they are human artifacts. The books of the Bible were written decades after Jesus died at the earliest, probably by people who were not eyewitnesses. Disputes about important theology were prevalent from the very beginning of Christianity. It was hundreds of years before some guys decided which books deserved to be in the Bible, a decision tied in with politics. It was translated and reinterpreted many times. Holy books the world over are subject to many of the same issues, if not more. I think if a deity wanted to convey a crucially important message to us, it would find a more reliable route. 23. The Epicurean paradox is a good point. Epicurus reasoned, if God were all-knowing, all-powerful, and perfectly loving, then, quote-unquote, he would stop evil from happening. The fact that, quote-unquote, he allows terrible things to continue to happen means that, quote-unquote, he either doesn't care if we suffer, cannot prevent evil, or isn't aware that it happens. The logic is perhaps overly simplistic, but I think the core of it is valid. 24. God is said to be both loving and jealous. The Bible makes three claims that cannot all be true at the same time. 1. God is love. 2. Love is not jealous. 3. God is jealous. Which of these is the lie? 25. It means little if someone is 100% convinced that their religion is true. Humans readily dismiss hundreds of religions, yet cling fervently to the one they were raised in. When people say, I know this is true, they really mean, I think this is true. They just don't know the difference. That's how our brains work unless we are very careful to understand cognitive biases. So all the sermons and personal testimonies in the world don't mean very much unless I can see a reason to believe it based on something that makes logical sense to me. 26. Science is more productive because it uses direct observation. The scientific community is vulnerable to corruption like any other, but the method itself relies on things that literally exist and we can run tests on. This bears real results as evidenced by the explosion of technology in recent centuries. Science made it possible for you to read this article right now, not religion. Nobody can prove or disprove religious claims about intangible entities, but we do have ways of testing hypotheses relating to related to physical reality, and coming to consensus about how it works. 27. Science is constantly filling in the gaps we used to attribute to God. There was a time when people thought that thunder and lightning came from an angry God banging around above the clouds. Now we understand that electricity exists and that it is a better explanation. Creation myths used to be the only explanation of human origins, but now we know about evolution. 
Speaking in tongues and epilepsy were thought to be evidence of God and demons, but now we know about their neurological origins. This trend can be expected to continue. 28. Religions are not repeatable. If religion vanished today and people had to start over, the Bible and other holy books would never rematerialize. On the other hand, if all scientific knowledge vanished, we'd eventually relearn everything we know today because the laws of nature are embedded in reality and waiting to be discovered. 29. There's no reason to think souls are eternal. Even the most spiritual people don't think it's wrong to kill millions of microbes whenever you wash your hands because bacteria are thought of as biological machines that do not have eternal souls. Most Christians would say the same about ants, lizards, birds, squirrels, dogs, and even monkeys and dolphins. If those amazing creatures don't go to an afterlife, why should we? We're just one notch above other primates. Conscious awareness correlates closely with brain activity. When the brain is destroyed, our awareness probably is too. 30. I care more about truth than comfort. I used to find solace in the idea that after I die, I will begin a new eternal life in paradise. If I'm honest, I still find the idea of non-existence uncomfortable. It would be nice to be convinced that something magical awaits me after death. However, I'd rather accept reality the way it is, as best as I can tell, than trick myself with a fiction. At this point, I've come to terms. With, at this point, I've come to terms with my mortality enough to realize that it's better for all of life to be finite than for me to go to heaven, while most of humanity suffers in hell forever. Thirty-one. The universe is way bigger than we ever realized. Religion was invented in a time when we thought the Earth was the biggest thing—a flat, stationary object around which everything else revolved. So it might have made sense that God cared deeply about us and that we were made in "quote unquote" His image. Then we realized that the then we realized the Earth is a is a spheroid spheroid that spins and circles the sun. Then we realized all the stars in the sky are other suns. Then we realized the cloudy patch in the sky is actually billions of other stars in our massive galaxy. It's only in the last 100 years that we realized the universe contains over 100 billion galaxies like our own, and that the universe has existed for 14 billion years. The idea that God created the universe just for us and that we're made in quote unquote his image seems to stem from a primitive understanding of our place in the universe. 32. The world seems to be ruled by chaos, not an all-powerful loving God. Being a believer, praying for safety, and living a holy life doesn't protect you from random tragedies. Your house can still burn down. You can still be killed by a drunk driver. Sometimes wonderful people get brain cancer and disgusting people become billionaires. These things just happen at random and it sucks, but it, it's what you expect in a world that is ruled by chaos rather than all-powerful all loving God. 33. Religion has pr promoted many harmful ideas over the millennia. The Bible describes women and slaves as property, includes many stories of xenophobia and genocide, and condemns homosexuality for no reason. Jesus is coming back soon anyway, justifies the neglect of the environment, and God gave us dominion over the animals of the earth, leads people not to care about the suffering of the billions of animals we kill for food every year. 
Religious teachings have enabled systems of abuse that normalize brutality, such as colonialism and slavery. There might be moral good in some of the teachings, but I'm not sure that the overall effect is positive. 34. Religion abuses power. Leaders within religious organizations hold positions of social power over their congregants, and sometimes they intentionally abuse the trust of vulnerable people, as we've seen in pedophilia cases within the Catholic Church, for example. And the organization often covers up for the abusers. Many people have been hurt by this dynamic. Before I go any further, I'll say this. I said it before, but I gotta say it again. Pedophilia happens in all denominations of all religions. And pedophilia happens outside of religion too. 35. Religion is a tool for control. Just look at how it works out in U.S. politics. Trump can play the religion the religion card and evangelicals fall in line despite how contrary Trump is to every ideal Jesus held. That's just one small example compared to the thousands of years of people being held captive by the fear of damnation and excommunication. 36. Religion leads to tribalism. There's often a strong us versus them mentality between religions. Fundamentalist Christians and Muslims are very similar in their dogmatic belief and even worship the same God, yet they are sworn enemies and it leads to violence. We don't need anything else in the world that encourages that kind of division because we're a globally internet because we're a globally interconnected species now and we need to get along. 37. Religion often takes priority over health. The top priority of religion is continued belief. If you are doubting the truth of your faith, if you feel that it is leading to bad mental health outcomes or restricting you from being the person you know you are, you will likely be told that you need to deepen your faith and squash your concerns rather than consider alternatives. This results in many people feeling trapped and miserable for years. 38. Religion encourages unrealistic thinking. Children who believe in Santa Claus usually realize he's fictional at a fairly young age. Imagine if all the trusted adults in their life continued to insist he was real and said that belief in Santa was the most important thing in, in life. They created separate schools specifically designed to perpetuate that belief, made them worry for their eternal safety if they stopped believing, told them not to associate with Santa Claus deniers, and came up with huge books of apologetics to debunk all those physicists who say it's impossible to visit billions of homes in one night. Would this system produce a well-reasoned adult? 39. Religion hurts kids. I remember calling my pastor at age 6 to request to be baptized. I had already integrated the idea that I was essentially bad, I was dirty and, un and unworthy to God. And to have any hope of being a worthwhile person, I needed to identify with the brutal torture of an ancient man to die to myself so that I could be filled with his life instead. I was apparently so horrid that God had to kill himself to forgive me, and I was encouraged to think of myself as powerless and utterly dependent on him. Notice the male 
gender pronoun, that's what has been said of God that, you know, they think that God is man, but I'm not being misogynistic here. I don't make God male at all. Um, I actually use group gender pronouns when it comes to God. Because some people use female pronouns when it comes to God. Some people use male pronouns when it comes to God. I use both and the group uh, gender pronouns when it comes to God, deities, Christ figures, religions, faith, spirituality. You know what I mean? If it if I didn't do this, I would deserve eternal torture. I now believe this is a damaging and often deeply traumatizing set of ideas to present to innocent children who have no option but to trust the adult authorities in their lives. Lastly, number 40, I don't want to waste my one life. Upon considering all the evidence available to me, my honest conclusion is that it is very unlikely for any religion to be correct. God, as described by any of these religions, almost certainly doesn't exist, and I expect that my consciousness will blink out of existence when I die. Therefore, with such limited time, I want to be free to seek the fullest use of my existence as determined by myself. I didn't find fullness in religion. I found confusion, emptiness, and limitation. Giving up on God was the biggest relief of my life, and since that time, I found other ways of thinking that resonate with me more deeply. Um, what was it like for me to read all those things? Um, it was brutal in the sense that nobody asks for doubts, they just happen. A relief in a sense knowing that we need to have dialogues about each of these 40 reasons to not be non-religious between secular and faith-based people. Um... I just wanted to say that in closing... I'm an agnostic theist. I'm a secular Jesus follower. And I am a Unitarian Universalist who believes in oneness and the wholeness of all creations. This very last thing that I'll close for sure. This is about... The honorableness and the scrupulousness of both faith-based people and secular people have not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. What I was trying to do is expose many people's thoughts to the world so there could be more healthy proactivity to 
loving self and loving others and loving the world around us. Without being a hard-hearted individual. Because in the human rights world, holism world, we don't believe in attacking people, but we do believe in assisting those in dire situations and try my best to help them be in and stay in dire situations. So I read this not so we can have us versus them, so we can have true human camaraderie. 